Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up? It's Shira. Ryan is out. Shar Giselle is filling in here. Yes, my last day for the week. Oh, that is true. It's your Friday. It is my Friday. Well, actually, no, because I still got to work on Thursday. I got some virtual stuff to do. Okay, but you are going, we got family weddings coming up. Yes, I'm going to Nashville, and I'm most looking forward. I know that you're plant-based, but I am looking forward. I have never had authentic Mm. Nashville hot chicken. Oh. I've been told to go to a spot named Princess, and I will cool. be having authentic Nashville hot chicken. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That's what I'm most excited about. Well, you know what? I'm hungry Aside right from now. my cousin's wedding. Yeah. So that sounds good to me. When you're hungry, even though I, you know. You got I, food on the way. I could still, I get a bit drooly, even though I don't eat meat anymore. When I smell the barbecue. Oh, yeah. It gives me a little drool. You know, one of my favorite morning shows is doing a barbecue uh, tour. They were in Dallas oh. last night. They're doing like it's like the best barbecue. That's and cool. So I'm getting dressed in the morning and listening to like these sandwiches that I never eat. It's like pork cracklings, burnt ends, two different types of cheeses, a crunchy slaw. Like I'm listening to them describe this and taste test. And I'm like, ooh. You hear them like uh, like chewing into the mic. That's kind of awkward. That's my it's like dream ASMR. Job. That's my dream job. I'd love to do a food show. I mean, I'll, I love eating, of course, you know, the, the non-meat options. I do love a good slaw. I'm a slaw girl. Oh, yes. I saw you eating coleslaw, a cup of it, actually. Oh, yeah. When we had food catered here yep, at the station. Because that was all you could eat, really. Uh, sorry, I hope we're not making you too hungry right now. And if you're hungry, you have time to get yourself a bite to it's eat. It's still around the lunch hour. I feel, yeah, it is. Yeah. Or like a midday snack. Yeah. Get yourself a midday snack. <laughs> Um, guess what's also Mental Health Awareness Month? You might not have realized this. Uh, and there's this mental health festival, this music festival that's going to be coming up here in L.A. We're going to have the founder of it. It's called Wisdomania, uh, that, who's going to be calling in, telling us more about it at 3.35 p.m. Pacific, 6.35 p.m. Eastern. I'm excited for that. Also, uh-oh, we got some news about Trump and Twitter. Okay? Oh, no. Oh, no. So we'll be oh, telling no. you more about that in 15 minutes. Because we do have some breaking news around that. Shira, are you going to, is this news going to be uh, like upset me today? Probably. <laughs> a lot of stuff. Like I have to breathe before getting into the show because there's a lot of crazy stuff. A lot happening. of heavy stuff going on right now. Let's get into some what's trending this hour though, right now. Uh, yearbooks at a Central Florida high school won't be distributed until images of students holding rainbow flags and a love is love sign while protesting the state's so called don't say gay law can be covered up. District officials said they don't want anyone thinking that the school supported the students' walkout. 
or that they support love is love. This is gaslighting this is at crazy. its finest. You know, they are working overtime to literally erase LGBT people out of all of the documented books, pamphlets, packets, you name it. They don't want us in there. Yeah. So they're they're now looking at pictures, descriptions. And they're, they say they should have caught it earlier in their review process. Oh, my gosh. For yeah. the love of it's God. It's really wild. Um, I feel bad for kids like for kids today. I feel like we have the smartest kids, the most advanced kids today who are going to like save the world at the same time. Well, it's difficult. Well, I feel bad for them, of course, because they're dealing with bullies amongst their peers, oh, but yeah. they're also in the world knowing that there are adult bullies. Yeah, exactly. Like, we didn't have, we didn't know that there were adult bullies growing True. up. At least I did. And I'm going to speak for myself. Um, moving on, President Biden announced that 20 internet companies have agreed to provide discounted service to people with low incomes. It's a program that could effectively make tens of millions of households eligible for free service through an already existing federal subsidy. They said it's not a luxury any longer, high-speed internet. It's a necessity. The $1 trillion infrastructure package passed by Congress last year included $14.2 billion funding for the Affordable Connectivity Program, which provides $30 monthly subsidies, 75 in tribal areas, on internet service for millions of lower-income households. It's pretty good. That's great. We really could have used that in 2020 right. when everything went virtual. I think that's when that happened, it made them realize like it was already an issue. It was coming but yeah. then it was like front and center and there are so many low-income students who yeah you know don't have access to the internet and so much is done all the homework totally. all of the study guides so many things are now electronic now are you ready for some fun news well that was good news too but we got news about nyc pride they've unveiled their grand okay. marshals for this year's new york city pride march who is it so it's well first the march is going to take place sunday june 26th in manhattan they have five grand marshals, social media star T's Madison. T.S. Madison. Why do they put the capital T with the lower S? That's her, that's her moniker. Well, I'll tell you. Well, I'll tell you off air because we don't have enough time to, okay. for me to explain anyway. it to you now. It's T.S. Madison, girl. Um, not T's tra- Madison. <laughs> Trans, uh, a transgender former NCAA swimmer who's been on our show, Skylar Baylor. ACLU attorney Chase Strangio, who's been on our show. Wow. SNL cast member Punky Johnson. I have no idea who that is. And Okra Project's executive director, Dominique Morgan. Okay, I'm familiar with the Okra Project. I first learned of them in lockdown when we were giving away money. So, some That's good a trans-led things. organization, yeah. the Okra Project. Get into it. Love it. Happy Pride coming up. Okay, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? Really, really quickly in the T-Report for this hour, Frankie Grande, someone who I met and interviewed last year when I hosted Pride, L.A. Pride mm-hmm. last year with Out Loud Raising Voices. I really like Frankie. Uh, well, he just got married to his fiance Hale London, in a Star Wars-themed wedding titled May the Fourth Be With You. This happened the day before Cinco de Mayo, of course, but they just announced it earlier this morning. And I'm guessing Hale took Frankie's last name because the caption on Instagram says, Introducing Mr. and Mr. Grande. Okay. Or as Ariana, you know it's really gra- grandy. Did you know oh, that? Oh, yes. It's yeah. really grandy, but we say grande. Now, the two were engaged in July of 2021. Uh, they have, excuse me, June 2021. They have these diamond rings that retail for $10,250 each. Okay. That's actually a, a good price. I feel like those rings can be even more expensive. Oh, rings are ridiculous. They met in yeah. 2019. So this is this has moved pretty, you know, well, I guess not pretty quickly. Well, the pandemic kind of probably sped it up. <laughs> yeah. Listen, the pandemic either made your relationship stronger or 
It collapsed it. Mm-hmm. it. There's no in-between with that lockdown. That lockdown did some da- damage. But that's the T-Report for this hour. Congratulations to Mr. and Mr. Grande. I got more coming up for you next hour. And it's regarding Mike Tyson. Remember he got to swinging on that guy on the plane, mm-hmm. you know, a few weeks ago. It's, oh, I, yeah. I got an update for you. That's okay. coming up next hour. Okay. Well, next up, Elon Musk revealed what he would do with Twitter's Trump ban. Are you ready for this? Because we're going to be breaking it all down, what it means for the platform next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, trigger alert. We're about to talk about Elon Musk's Twitter and Trump. Yeah, so so buckle up, kiddos. Yeah. So Musk said today that he would restore former President Donald Trump's banned account on Twitter if his deal to acquire the company is completed. So he made these remarks at Financial Times' Future of the Car Conference, and it actually marks his first public acknowledgement of what had been expected of the billionaire since he announced to buy the social media giant for $44 billion. I must say I'm not surprised by this move. I mean, it was a bit jarring to read, but I'm not like... Clasping my pearls is kind of predicted. Yeah, and and he said that he's very cautious with permanent bans or that Twitter should be more. And even Jack Dorsey then tweeted after it saying, I do think it was not correct to ban Donald Trump. I think, oh, that was Musk. There was a mistake. And then Jack Dorsey, sorry, said um, after the fact that um, there are exceptions, but generally permanent bans are a failure of ours and don't work. Yes. And Donald J. Trump was permanently suspended from Twitter from the platform after he helped incite the January 6th insurrection on the Capitol. Does anyone remember that? Oh, yeah. Do you all remember that? Yeah. It seems to be, you know, (laughs) scrubbed from the history books. Okay. well, back with us is Kat Tenbarge, an NBC News digital culture reporter. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Okay, I mean, who knew today would be that day where we'd get this news? I guess we were waiting because uh, Musk is talking constantly. I mean, I'm surprised he hasn't said this you know, more quickly, right? Because it's been a few weeks of just blabber from him, including on Twitter. Yeah, and it brings me back to some of our previous conversations where we talked about how Musk has incredible power and he knows it, where if he uses, mm-hmm. if he says something that can instantly be turned into a soundbite, he's going to go viral and he's going to dominate the conversation. He's such a loser. <laughs> he is. I'm sorry. He is. He had so This, this he, is an, uh, <laughs> uh, an unbiased program. <laughs> he, had so, he had his team sit him at a model's table at the Met Gala so he could shoot his shot and she still turned him down. Nevertheless, <laughs> listen, I still have some emotional trauma over this man buying the platform. Can you walk me through whatever happened to Twitter's poison pill? Because last I checked, I remember before he bought it, they had some sort of idea implemented to kind of block it. And now, you know, that's complete. And I know that we're weeks out from this, but do you know anything about the poison pill and what happened to it? So what's interesting about that is that it could still go through. And weirdly enough, Musk kind of brought that up today while he was making this sort of Mm -hmm. proclamation that he would bring Trump back. He noted that his buying of Twitter hasn't officially gone through yet. And he even said, I might not own Twitter, which a lot of people are speculating that that could refer to a shareholder vote, uh, basically determining that, you know, if the people who own stock and Twitter don't want Musk to take it over, then that could become a problem. And this deal is on the table, but it's not finalized. So as of right now, Musk doesn't own Twitter. And it sounds like he himself might even be considering a possibility of 
this deal not going through. But yet, fingers crossed. Yeah, the actions he has taken, I feel, just have created enough of a dent, right, and an impact that even if it doesn't go through. Absolutely. Uh, You know, I feel like what I've been seeing people talk about on Twitter itself is that even though Musk doesn't own this company yet, his statements are still extremely Mm -hmm. powerful when it comes to stock prices. Twitter's stock price has gone down since he's made some of these statements. So has Tesla's. Uh, So it's been very interesting to see how what he's saying and what's actually happening on the market are correlated. Oh, my goodness. That doesn't surprise me. You know, Tesla also had some some racial accusations come out from black employees saying that they were segregated from everybody else and was called monkeys and N-words. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, are are there any new Twitter rules around permabans? And do you think that... You just took my question, Shira. I was about to ask that. Oh, really? Okay. Go go ahead. Go ahead. So there aren't any new rules around permabans, but we are hearing from both Musk and Jack Dorsey that maybe the company shouldn't take actions to permanently ban users. Uh, What's interesting to me about that is that when you look at the people who are actually making those types of decisions and working on those types of policies at Twitter, uh, user experiences and user safety are really highly prioritized among the actual Twitter staff. So even though people like Jack and Elon are saying these things, when you look at the actual decision makers and the employees who are making these things happen, they haven't changed their outlook or their mindset, and they're going to continue removing users who they think are harming other people's experiences. Really quickly, uh, because we got to get up out of here, but what does this look like overall moving forward for the platform of Twitter? I think that it will continue to be a really strong debate uh, that continues to bring in politics on both sides regarding what moderation on the platform looks like, what does free speech really mean, and how it's going to continue to affect elections from here on out. Yeah, with the midterms coming up. I mean, this is just a mess. (laughs) It's just like it's all coming at once. When it rains, it pours. Thank you, Kat Tenbarge, for joining us again. In this case, it's a tsunami. Yeah, digital culture reporter. We appreciate you jumping in, including last minute with this breaking news. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, and coming up next, is it wrong for people to protest outside a Supreme Court justice's home? The latest news around Roe v. Wade next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. All right. Well, of course, we're back. We're talking about Roe v. Wade and the abortion bill that will be voted in Congress this week. Meanwhile, uh, senators are on the floor debating this right now. Senator Elizabeth Warren is speaking out about it. And then you had Republican Senator Mike Lee giving his take today. With this bill, Democrats in the House and the Senate are attempting to take this issue away from the people, away from the states, and force their radical abortion agenda on the American people as a whole. Now make no mistake, this is their vision for America, fully funded by the abortion industry. It also perpetuates the tragedy of abortion. One that's a scar on our country's history. Back with us is Washington Post anchor Mariana Alfaro. Welcome back to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. You know, a lot has happened since you were last on. Oh, it yeah. seems just like every day what comes out, and even I see your Twitter feed, it's pretty wild. Yeah, it's been a busy week, I'll say. Uh, so what is, what's happening right now? Because I know Senate Majority mm-hmm. Leader Chuck Schumer said that they're going to be doing this abortion bill vote in Congress. Is that looking like it's going to happen? 
Yes, so that's scheduled. Um, you know, the the vote to end debate on it is scheduled for tomorrow, and that's where you know um, the records are pretty likely to hit a wall. That's the vote that needs sixty um, affirmative votes to pass, and once that happens, you know, the the actual bill goes into vote for like a final um, confirmation vote, and and that's just where we're stuck right now. Where Democrats just don't have the votes, you know, to get sixty to move on this bill. So right now, what we're seeing a lo- is a lot of um, not clustering, but the reason why this vote is happening is so that we have on the record which Republican senators and maybe some Democratic senators are not willing to codify abortion into law. Yeah, I can't even imagine that they even care at this point, like their legacies <laughs> and what it'll look like in the history books. So what is the likelihood of Roe versus Wade being overturned? Well, you know, what we're talking about right now is a draft opinion from the Supreme Court that's been, you know, said over and over again. It's not a final opinion. The chief justice has said so himself. Um, you know, this is something that we were supposed to see in the summer. Um, but the chances that that draft is the final, um, uh, you know, decision is, is it's not that crazy to believe that just because we know the poster of the five Supreme Court justices who have said that, um, you know, in the past, they were like, no, we're not going to, you know, kick grow back. But now it's pretty unsure. The, the things that we saw in the Alito draft are... Um, it's, it's a way of thinking that you could easily see how those five justices would go for it. So um, I think, you know, I don't want to say like it's over, but it's not looking super great. There's a reason why so many of the Democrats are, are scared right now are trying to figure out how to save Roe. Yeah. And, and the narratives coming out of this are pretty mm-hmm. frightening as well. Right. It's it's going beyond, you know, well, whatever you believe is uh, pro-choice to just some uh, pretty interesting things and like taking back a lot of I would say rights or this idea and like you were saying this uh, Shar, mm-hmm. some protesters saying something like oh you're gonna have my baby yes stuff I, like that I saw that yesterday some, to, some people in front of a church on church yeah. steps in New York <laughs> so what are you seeing out there right now and mm-hmm. I mean you you obviously are a journalist so I know you don't have opinion mm-hmm. you're reporting about this but how, how possibly it's it's a spiral into some many mm-hmm. other things right now yeah, I mean, we've been reporting lately that it, it just doesn't stop at row. There are some other rights that could be touched potentially. Once you open the floodgates, you know, the, the flood comes out. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking about access to birth control, which one of the Tennessee senators has already said that, that the Supreme Court decision, Griswold, that gave us access to birth control um, is not, you know, legally solid. And maybe that could be a next thing that, that gets tackled. Um, you know, there hasn't been that much um, uh, attention given to what the Supreme Court justices think of um, uh, birth control, but, you know, now everything's game. Um, So that's one thing that we're looking out for. You know, there's also been a conversation about, you know, because abortion and Roe was based on this idea of, like, um, privacy, you know, what happens with other Supreme Court decisions like, you know, gay marriage. Um, All of those things are on the table, whether we want to, you know, entertain it or not. So, that's kind of going to be the conversation once we know whether this decision is visual or not. Okay, but another yeah. situation. Yeah, yeah okay, continue. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, I, I was going to say like the thing that came out today that, um, you know, is getting a lot of attention is just the fact that people are protesting peacefully and that is just um, angering some people, some politicians. And it's that kind of thing where we saw today that Susan Collins, the Center for Maine um, pro, uh, you know, like uh, abortion rights activist. Um, drew outside of her sidewalk, you know, a message being like, "Please vote for the codification of Roe," and she called the police on the on the on the you know sidewalk. Yeah, so she, I, um, yeah. 
I definitely saw uh, Senator Rafael Ted Cruz uh, <laughs> talking about peaceful protests and kind of slamming them mm-hmm. while at the same in the same breath defending the insurrectionists on Ju- Jan- Ju- January. Mm-hmm. I, I almost said June, January 6th. So mm-hmm. I, we just actually we need to take a quick break. Uh, Mariana, I just yeah. want to uh, have you back in a moment just to talk about these protests also happening outside the homes of the Supreme Court justices. Yeah. And what do we make of that? coming up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. As the conversation around Roe v. Wade has taken over the nation, uh, there are tons of protesters everywhere, it seems, at the Capitol, in uh, different cities coming out, pro-choice, those who are pro-life. And it's causing a lot of conversations around the idea of uh, what's a peaceful protest and Mm -hmm. what's worth, I guess, bringing in the authorities. We know that's an issue here in America. There's conflicts around that. But then also the idea of is it right or should we allow people to protest at Supreme Court justices' homes? Mm -hmm. And back with us is uh, Mariana Alfaro from The Washington Post. Thanks again for being here for this. Thank you. So can you tell us about the latest happening around this? I mean, have we seen mm-hmm. this before where people would find the homes of, the, you know, those in the highest court and go and protest mm-hmm. in front of them? Um, I think, you know, it's not that rare um, to, to hear that. But this is a case in I feel like in recent history that kind of felt more evident or more, more obvious. Um, and that kind of caused some people in D.C. to be upset over it. Um, just because, you know, we've seen him, um, you know, at Alito's house, at Kamenow's house, um, the Senate yesterday passed a bill to, like, secure uh, more uh, police protection for the families of justices, which is kind of unheard of, um, hasn't really happened in the past. Um, and so it, it is pretty, you know, I think because we have social media now, we can also kind of spread out, you know, uh, you know, activists can be like, come on, show up, show up at this place tomorrow, and that's easier for them to organize that kind of stuff. Will we see any actual results, do you think, from these protests? Because I do know that there's been a lot of uh, conversation, especially as it pertains to the Constitution and constitutional rights around these protests. Do you think that we'll see any results from them? I mean, it's, you know, every time, you know, protesting is, you know, a way for American people to have a say. But at the end of the day, we kind of know these justices' ideologies. And again, we don't know if this draft is the final opinion. They've said it isn't, but I don't know. I think it takes a little bit more than that to change their minds. I mean, people can definitely have their say, and that's kind of how you show that the system is probably not as democratic as we thought it is, or, or, you know, it's been showing the flaws in our democracy. But again, it's one thing to protest, but it's another thing to, you know, get the justices change their minds on something as big as Roe, which is something that conservatives have been trying to dismantle for a while now. Definitely. But is there there are some legalities around this. Is it allowed mm-hmm. to, are we allowed to do this? Do you think there's going to be now new regulations put in place, as you mm-hmm. mentioned, obviously, heightened security measures for their families? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the right to protest is there. And the thing is, you know, senators, Democrats, Joe Biden, Dan Psaki, they've all been saying as long as it's peaceful, that is a right that Americans have. Um, you know, pr- uh, Senator Schumer today said, well, I get protested three to four times a week. Um, you know, as long as it's peaceful, I'm all for it because that's how people get a say. It's the same thing as like calling your senator, you know, writing letters. Um, so maybe there is a, I mean, Republicans have definitely say, taken this as an opportunity to be like, oh, see, people are like messy. People should stop doing this. But there really isn't that much they can do to ban these demonstrations because they're being done peacefully, as long as they're being done peacefully. 
you know, once we start talking about like violent demonstrations, that that we already know is um, going to be, you know, the law is going to come after you. But um, given that it is just a peaceful demonstration, people can continue doing that. They might block the streets. They might say, don't come to this neighborhood anymore. But um, there's not really that much they can do to stop people from saying their minds, speaking their minds. Okay, well, that was Washington Post's uh, anchor, Mariana Alfaro. Thanks, as always. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Next up, the first openly trans person to be seated in a U.S. state legislator is making a state Senate bid. More on that next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Yep, we're back and more music coming up right here on Channel Q. <laughs> Wake up! Shar is in the studio with me filling in for Ryan. Yes, I am. Sorry, that's my phone going off. You know, I'm always interested with like what types of uh, alarms people have. Like, says a lot about you as a person. That's well, a pretty like generic one, though. Well, that was like a little timer thing for me, but my alarm is like I don't know what uh, Apple calls it, but you know, like that. It's like the orchestra coming in instead I of like need the, some ah, of that ah, because ah. for some reason I changed it. Maybe because I was trying to. Wake up early for something and I was scared I wouldn't so I changed it to the really annoying one and I haven't changed it since yeah I don't like being uh, woken up to chaos but yeah. I set multiple alarms as well like if I got to do the morning show here at Channel Q the morning beat with yeah. AJ and Michaela I got about six seven alarms set is it just snoozing alarms or no, just like it's yeah, just because you, sometimes case. you know you get lost in your dream totally. and you end up dancing to the <gasps> alarm oh as a, there's a new TikTok circulating I making saw a that. joke about that it's really it's really a thing so I have two different phones and I set multiple alarms on both of them and I hide one of them so in order to turn the phone off I have to like oh my god get up go across the room look behind it's the TV like torture. Actually, I mean, listen, you got to be up at 4 a.m. to do that show. I know. It's always those like those times I have to be up that early that, yeah, I, I get scared. And then you wonder if you even have a good sleep. Yeah, you're just well, anxious about waking up. Well, no, if I'm asleep by 10, I'm pretty good. Okay, well, you're good. That's good to know. <laughs> well, speaking of mental health, uh, it's Mental Health Awareness Month. There's a music festival coming up in Los Angeles next week. We have the founder of it joining us in 30 minutes, who's part of the community. So I'm excited to talk nice. to her more about that. Plus, uh, some tea soon about Mike Tyson updates. Girl. With Shar in a moment. Let's get into some what's trending this hour, though, right now. Texas gubernatorial candidate Beto O'Rourke appeared on The View today and gave his opinion. Of course, they had to ask him about Roe v. Wade. In that rally in Houston, though, and it reminds us that we also have the answer to this challenge in the, in the, in, in the state of Texas. 5,000 people came out mm-hmm. on three days' notice to stand up for every woman's right to make her own decisions about her own body, her own future, and her own health care. And it's also a reminder that Texas women have always been there. Um, Roe versus Wade, Jane Roe was a Texan. And the two women who successfully pled her case, Sarah Weddington and Linda Coffey, also from the state of Texas. So it wasn't women in Texas waiting for someone to come from outside to save them. It was women of Texas standing up, fighting for their rights and winning them. We're going to do that again. I give him credit. He keeps on going back at it. That's it. It takes a lot of effort and energy to do that. He also had a lot to say about Border Patrol because he lives in El Paso. And the Biden administration is a really good episode. Yeah, I'm hopefully Beto will be making his way here. There's going to be some plans possibly involving a very popular gay bar. That also, we know. Drag Race All Stars are going to be on the View Thursday, so check Amazing. that out. Yeah, they're taking over. 
Now, uh, Democratic delegate Danica Rome, who made history as an openly trans candidate in her initial bid for state office, announced yesterday she is jumping into a 2023 race for an open Northern Virginia state Senate seat. She said, I will not be outspent. I will not be outorganized. I will not be out hustled. She is in it to win it. I'm feeling that energy. I love it, too. <laughs> yep. And finally, Tesla. If you you drive a Tesla, you know someone who does, you, you're going to want to listen up. They're recalling about 130,000 vehicles across its U.S. model lineup because their touchscreens can overheat and go blank. Re- you know what? There yeah. are so many problems with Tesla that always creep out. Remind <laughs> me to tell you about the spare tire one that I heard a few oh. weeks ago. I can't say it on air because we don't have time. Yeah, the recalls cover certain Model S sedan and Model X SUVs from 2021 and 2022 as well as Model 3 cars and Model Y SUVs from 2022. So go check it out. If you have one of those, you know someone who does. Girl. That was What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Char? Well, Mike Tyson can breathe a sigh of relief because he will not face criminal charges stemming from his airplane (laughs) beatdown. Oh, God. The San Mateo County District Attorney said Monday morning, because of the conduct of the victim leading up to the incident, the interaction between Mr. Tyson and the victim, as well as the request of both the victim and Mr. Tyson, no charges will be filed against the legendary fighter. Now, what that sounds like to me is that there was a nice check written and, and you know, they possibly settled. Um, it's a big deal for Mike because he had been facing the possibility of multiple criminal charges after he punched the man repeatedly. If you remember, you all remember the video, right? Producer Jesse Shira, the video with the guy antagonizing Mike Tyson yeah. on the plane and he ends up pummeling him. So I guess congrats. Like I said, it still sounds like a big check was written and keep your hands to yourself, but also stop bothering people. If you're drunk on a plane, you can't be on there antagonizing people. Wear your mask, sit down, shut up, and let's do this flight. Okay? That's the (laughs) T-Report for this hour. I got more coming up for you next hour. Okay, well, after this, it's Char Says So. This is my favorite part of having you here on the show because you get to come in and take over. (laughs) I get a little break. You know, it's Mental Health Awareness Month, so we're going to have a conversation around mental health after this and of course more on a new music festival in Los Angeles who's taking it on you know with music they're bringing together the LGBTQ community and so much more so that's coming up after let's go there with Shira and Ryan channel Q all right here we are deep into the second week of mental health awareness month and it's time for Shar says so dun 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 Shira are you ready I am so what I want to talk to you about today is what happens what to do when the coping skills that you have been working on or things that have kind of helped temper your mental health or help you you know dig yourself out of a dark place, what to do when those aren't working anymore. So before I get into some of the tips that uh, I came across online, I want to ask you, are there any coping mechanisms that you've outgrown, something that might have worked for you and and then just didn't anymore? Probably everything. (laughs) Um, It's funny because I, I almost didn't even know about what coping mechanisms were. I just thought, like, you feel something, you deal with it. Like, we each have our own way. And I I guess I thought I was always very... I I felt pretty emotive. 
and I felt like I dealt with things. But then I guess as I got older, I realized that like, oh, maybe I'd, I hadn't dealt with things as much or I'd, I had repressed some emotions or. Well, even when I say like coping that. mechanisms, I don't mean necessarily healthy. We all have something. So some oh, people. Co- all right. So I, I do some know people where drink. you're going with this. Okay, some that. people smoke weed. Oh, I thought you meant. Well, there's two some things. Some people I, go for a run. Yeah. I think <laughs> about emotional coping and how when I was younger, when I would just get sad or mad, like I would. I would really put myself, I would um, be alone. Like I wasn't the type of person that would, I would share, but not really when I looked back. Like I was, I was the type of person that would cry alone in my room a lot, which if you think about that, probably not so healthy. It means like you probably didn't feel like you had safe spaces to really share your feelings. And so that's a whole conversation. But I definitely think that at different points, alcohol was definitely a thing. Yeah, There were definitely points where I was like, the snacking was a thing. Right. Emotional yeah. eating. But for me, uh, it was alcohol. And then I think there, I went through little patches of time of the weed would come up like that was a very small, short period because I'm yeah. not that big of a weed person. But I, la- I look back when I was single in, you know, in 2019 and I thought it was really cool to be like doing my work late night alone. And am I allowed talking about this and having like a joint? I mean, well, listen, for me, I know sometimes my anxiety comes up and I have like gnawed at my cuticles on my thumb. I don't know why my thumb, but it's definitely a thing. Okay. Um, Well, you know, I bite my nails. I've always bite. Okay. So, Shira, pick a struggle. We're talking coping mechanisms. You just made me realize I guess I had a lot of things. (laughs) Um, But that's not necessarily the healthiest way. Like everyone listening for the most part knows that I am an avid journaler. Like I do not mess around when it comes to journaling. But what happens when the things that you're running running to no longer work. And we've seen, I mean, this is Hollywood. We've seen drinking escalate to other things, escalate to other things, escalate to other things, which can sometimes lead people down a road of demise. Um, So here's what is being said. This is according to Dr. Yaraz in Makarian, Mm -hmm. PhD. Um, Take note of what triggered your emotional response. So when something happens, take a beat, take a step back and say, what's coming up for me right now? You got to really explore that. Okay. Tip number two, make sure you're practicing coping skills when calm. And these are healthy coping mechanisms. Some people do adult coloring books. Like I said, some people hit the gym, go for a walk. Some people go for a swim, a hike. Make sure that it's healthy though. Make sure you're not sitting on the couch eating, you know, Laffy Taffy's and swigging Tito's vodka. Or uh, add another one, texting that person who's not good for you. I've been there too. Number three, this one's for you. Don't isolate. Stay connected and reach out for help. Isolation breeds, you know, they say an idle mind is the devil's playground, child. Do not isolate. Find you some community and stick with it. And number four, number five, well, I'm going to do number four, number five, and number six really quickly because we got to get out of here. But acknowledge that it's a tough time. Mm -hmm. Become comfortable with not knowing, which is something I need to work on because I'm so solution-based. I want to know. I want to know. Let's get to the answer. And number six, recapture your identity pre- what you know, whatever it is, and try something new. So we're I think that with life, we're constantly evolving and constantly changing. And with that, so will our coping mechanisms. But we have to be self-aware enough to know when something is not working for you. We tr- we're trying to stay healthy and keep a sound mind, folks. I, I love that. Thank you, Char. What a great reminder. Thanks. No matter where you're at on What's your What's coming up next? Well, we're taking it from your own process and like what you could do with yourself, whether it be journaling or maybe you're online helping your mental health to offline. There's a new mental health music festival coming up here in Los Angeles, and we have the founder and a musician, X Ari, joining us to tell us more about it next.
Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. It's Mental Health Awareness Month, but here at Channel Q and Let's Go There, we talk about mental health pretty much every day because we live it. <laughs> I mean, reporting the stories that we report, we got to keep each other lifted, honey. Right. We got to oh talk God. about mental health. We get real about it. And I'm so excited to have uh, a friend and musician on right now who's actually uh, starting a music mental health festival here in Los Angeles that's happening on Monday. XRE, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. How's it going, Shira? You know, um, I'm good. I'm here in the studio with Char. We just got, um, you know, off talking about coping mechanisms and healthy coping mechanisms oh yes yes of course we went down that path but let's talk about what you're up to with wisdom wisdomania tell people more about it well first of all what's up Shar? thank you for both of you having me here and wisdomania fest is a virtual mental health and arts festival on may 15th and 16th so this sunday and monday we're so excited we just got sponsored by spotify so we are elated We have self-care sessions, creative workshops, live music, comedy, film, and a drag queen. All of our artists and comics are part of the LGBTQ plus community, and it's going to be super fun. Our mission is to empower people to um, develop new coping skills and creative outlets for healing. So what was the, first of all, that sounds amazing. (laughs) But second of all, what was the inspiration behind this? What was the launching pad for you? So a bit about me, I've been dealing with mental health challenges since I was a child, and I've gone through many diagnoses, which are anxiety, ADHD, OCD, and bipolar 1, which has led to episodes of depression, mania, psychosis, PTSD, and hospitalizations. So as somebody who doesn't just survive but thrive by turning my pain into power, making my weaknesses my strengths, thereby transmuting burdens into blessings, I'm trying to be a good example for others that they can achieve their dreams and develop tools to have an amazing, fulfilling life. And in May 2021, I hosted Mental Health Month with XRE. I came up with that in April 2021, and I made a 30-day, basically, Mental Health Month event for free for self-care four or five days out of the week for an hour or two on Zoom. And it was just so well-received, and it felt like a true alignment for me. I thought, hey, I need to condense this into a weekend experience and make it in person. So at first, we were going to be at Grand Park, and then Omnicom came and ruined our Mm. our dreams and scared us, so we went virtual. (laughs) And next year will be in person. But really, it's my own challenges in my life and um, finding a way to advocate for mental health and help others gives me meaning and a reason to wake up every day with, to hopefully make an impact in our community. Yeah, it's beautiful. I've seen you behind the scenes put this together, and it's very impressive because it's not easy. You know, we all have these ideas that deserve to be out there because there's a need, but could be hard to actually get them going, Yeah, including when it involves partners and you need money to make it happen. But also talk about the importance of the LGBTQ aspect of that, because I think we there's a lot of events out there, but they're not necessarily intersectional. Yes, it's so important. You know, there are some organizations that focus on um, mental health for the queer community, like, you know, LGBT Center, Trevor Project, It Gets Better. Um, But I really want to be part of that movement because um, LGBTQ plus people, especially BIPOC and trans people, uh, are really affected by mental illness and the suicide rates and and levels of mental illness um, are a lot higher amongst those groups. So I think it's really important to support people who are marginalized. I love that. Where can people go to learn more about this festival? So you can go to www.wisdomaniafest.com, and that's spelled with one M. So it's W-I-S-D-O-M-A-N-I-A. 
S-E-S-T.com, or you can go to at WisdomaniaFest on Instagram. And if you want to email me at WisdomaniaFest at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram, I'll hook you up with a free ticket. Oh, okay. That's what I'm talking about. Y'all heard it here first, child. Yes. Uh, Well, (laughs) we appreciate it. And congrats again. And I look forward to stopping by and supporting. Thank you so much. Really appreciate your support at Channel Q. And uh, hopefully next year we'll be in person and we'll be doing this again, inviting everyone to come. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Love it. Well, uh, thank you again, XRE. Go check it out, wisdomaniafest.com. I'm just looking at the schedule now, and I just love it. A lot of friends, uh, mental health conversations, live music, comedy, and more. Uh, We'll see you on Sunday and Monday, XRE. All right. Thank you so much. See you soon. Take care. You too. Now, coming up next, hourglass syndrome. More on the disorder. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. What after is this. that? Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. What is hourglass syndrome? Your guess is as good as mine. Uh, this is the first time I heard about it. I thought it had to do with the hourglass body. Me too. I thought it had to do with maybe an insecurity around because the hourglass body is the in thing right now. Kind of like how gigantic boobs ran the 90s. Now everybody's running out to the surgeons to get a BBL. So it's it's about the chest and the butt. Well, more so about the butt. Yeah. And getting that hourglass figure with a Brazilian butt lift. Okay. Well, body positive TikToker Nikki Garza opened up in a video about what's it like to live with a condition. She also calls it stomach gripping. So here is uh, the video on TikTok, and it's stitched, which means it was like a question that someone else asked, and she responded. Those are my favorite TikToks. Yeah, here one background. Stitch this with a fact so ridiculous you didn't believe it until you looked it up yourself. So this right here, these underboobs, this is called stomach gripping or hourglass syndrome, and it's because when we were younger, we sucked in so much we literally scarred our muscles like this is scar tissue also if you sucked in a lot and you tingle a little bit when you cough or when you sneeze and you haven't given birth it's also from sucking in too much so if it isn't the consequences of my mother and grandmother's actions so I, we should note that the under boob that she's talking about is not the under boob, the boob that you think she she actually points to this place like directly under the rib cage it's when you suck in and you could see a rib cage basically <sighs> uh, which is uh interesting i feel like we add a, a title or kind of uh, like a name to everything i think it's just more just like these are unhealthy things that you're told and then it, it can impact one how you uh how you stand and how you like, and beyond like present that, yourself and then also yeah it can impact other things in your beyond life, that otherwise. how you even view yourself so yeah. beyond the physical things it, it, it can reinforce self-hatred and diet culture so you might say okay this is just a tiktoker venting about something well actually according to a physical therapist based in houston dr alexis shoop they confirmed the existence of this disorder and they told buzzfeed it's a result of overusing the muscles so so that thing that you might see, the line below the uh, rib your cage. rib cage, I thought it's just a line when you suck in that happens, but you could actually um, create it from overusing the muscles, which is okay. So now what very do we do? Interesting. I mean, because I'm first, programmed to suck my stomach in. I'm. I'm. I, think we I don't, all are. I don't think I even think about it. Honestly. I don't even think about it. it so just here's the happens. thing is I don't sometimes and this is sad to say, like I feel like my anxiety comes in where I'll see myself in pictures or I'll tend to 
um, I won't sit up straight. And then it's like my, my stomach comes out. Mm-hmm. And then I look at pictures and I go, oh, I don't like the way that looks. And then it makes me want to like sit up or sit up straight, stand well, yeah, straight, you got to get your posture in. together before well, you, you end up with a walker. And, and since, <laughs> well, you know, Shira think... wants to live to be 111 years old, you're going to end up with a walker if you don't correct your posture because it's so quite here's the horrible. Thing. I think there's a difference between sucking in and there's trauma around that. And then, yeah, what we're talking about also is just means like having good bo- posture yeah. and taking care of your body. Yeah. But beyond that, sucking it in. I I wouldn't have never guessed that there would be serious uh, health repercussions that come from sucking your stomach in. Yeah, it's treated through physical therapy. It's essentially, it creates a canister of pressure. If the pressure is not evenly dispersed, it can place more on one area than the other. And it has potential to lead to pelvic floor issues like leaking, prolapse, diastasis, recti, etc. So please, if you feel like you are one of these folks... And it's impacting you. I my pelvic floor to stay intact. So I'm just saying, if you are tinkling when you're not supposed to, maybe, letting little go, then maybe go to your doctor, see if it's something, and then get, yeah, get some help, because it's also a mental thing, as we Yeah, I just, I still don't think, like I said, if, if I can move about life and not consciously be aware of when I'm sucking my stomach in, I don't see how even with the help of physical therapy will people break that habit. It's 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 ingrained. It is, it's so ingrained. It's ingrained. Okay. Well, coming up next, we've got what's trending this hour. Why this Florida middle school teacher was fired, and it has to do with the don't say gay bill. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. All right, welcome back. Let's get into what's going on this hour. Okay, so the yes. mo- the almost billion dollar opioid lawsuit happening right now in Ohio. How it could impact the future of opioids? That's coming up in thirty minutes. What's trending, Shara? Oh yeah, there's a lot trending, and I'm excited for the tea that you have in a moment. Oh yes. I hope you're going to bring us some uh, some Depp news this uh, show. You you really want this Johnny Depp tea? <laughs> there is some crazy tea around Depp okay. and his lawyer. Okay, I will. Well, right now I got some Hillary Duff okay. for you, but that's coming up in a few minutes. Okay. Yes, let's get into some what's trending this hour as the abortion bill hits Congress this week. Many are putting their voices on record. Here's Treasury Secretary Janet Le- Yellen. Roe v. Wade and access to reproductive health care, including abortion helped lead to increased labor force participation. It enabled uh, many women to finish school. That increased their earning potential. It allowed women to plan and balance their families and careers. And research also shows that it had a favorable impact on the well-being and earnings of children. Yeah, you would think those things matter. Oh. Someone's calling me. <laughs> Both of our phones are acting up. This, what is going this on? Uh, you would think those things matter when there's data around all of this in terms of how it helps people, the economy, yeah. the betterment of society. Yeah. But does that matter? Doesn't seem to be the case. Uh, now, a group of Republican senators, this continues to go downhill, is calling for the country's TV rating systems to warn parents about sexual orientation and gender identity content on children's TV shows. The two-page letter was dated May 4th and signed by a bunch of uh, senators. They told NBC News they received it, but they have not yet responded back. So it's like the the people that decide on the G rating, the PG, all of that. So wait, what's NBC showing that that's a threat to the children? 
Well, they're saying this if TV groups, I think it's more, no, this is, uh, NBC News reported about this. Oh. What I was saying is like, this comes back to the whole Disney thing, like Disney, because they said they're going to be more inclusive, like they're going to be showing, you know, kids all these things. The reality is whether kids, what I don't understand is whether children see it on TV, they're, they're going to be exposed to it. They're going to be exposed to people who are different from well, them. That's the hope, that I'm talking your about. Your hope they're going to be exposed. The thing is, of course, if if you're scared about them, quote unquote, being exposed, it's probably because they're not around any of. Well, that's what those I'm saying. Let's say they go to the park to play. You can't you can't dictate who's going to be at the park. What if there's someone who has two moms at the park who are there who are being openly affectionate, or two dads, or or some other combo? You oh. cannot. You Two can't. people being openly affectionate. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Children are going to be exposed to LGBT people, whether these people like it or not. It's just weird and gross. I I always say, if it creates a conversation, beautiful. Then you get to have a conversation about the fact that so many different types of people exist on this earth. I, not yeah, just these people, people are, like you. These people are doing their children a grave disservice. Because let me tell you something. When they enter the real world, they're going to be in for a rude awakening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Continuing on with what's happening in Florida, a middle school teacher is claiming that she was fired in March for discussing sexuality with her students. Casey Scott is a first-year art teacher. She uh, told an NBC affiliate today that the events that led to her termination started when students began asking questions about her sexuality. Scott, who is married to a man, said she told her students that she is pansexual, meaning that she's attracted to all genders. She was putting the art back up. Right. She had them. She had them design flags that represent them. And some of the kids were doing rainbow flags and trans flags. (sighs) And then the school basically after, you know, they'd done this exercise, putting up the art. The school says, hey, you're fired for doing all. Well, she was. Yeah, she and she was mostly fired for disclosing her sexual identity. If she had maybe kept that under wraps, things would have been different. But then it's like, okay, so don't talk. If, you, if you're a, a quote-unquote straight couple, then, okay, you can't say you're married. Why don't you not wear your ring? I don't want to see you and well, your husband well, husband we, and wife or whatever. We had an interview on this show weeks ago. You were absent that day. But we had a, a show that discussed the legal loophole because a lot of the language in the Don't Say Gay bill just talks about gender and sexuality. But they for like, heterosexuality and... You know, cis people are a gender, are a sexuality. So by and large, the loophole is you can't say mommy and daddy. You got to say partners. You got to say children. You can't say boys and girls. And that's because the people who created the bill know that if they would have honed in on LGBT people, it would have been a clear human rights violation. So with them using such loose and and, and vague language, they kind of shot themselves in the foot. Because if I'm a teacher and I now want to say, well, if Timmy can't come in and talk about his two moms, then Valerie can't come yeah. in and talk about her mom <laughs> and dad. Totally. Because that's sexuality. Why don't we, we just all not talk about anything and that's just sexuality. stare at each other and just don't speak? That's well, th- really... that's not going to happen. Honestly. <laughs> Okay, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? Oh, I'm so glad that this happened. Hilary Duff, one of my favorite actresses, one of my favorite people in Hollywood, has opened up for the first time about Disney's decision to scrap the Lizzie McGuire reboot. Do you all remember this, producer Jess? You remember when people were talking about this? Well, in a recent interview with Women's Health, which Hillary looks smoking hot on the she cover. She good. Mm-hmm. She insisted that uh, she told the streamer that she wanted Lizzie McGuire to be mature without being too mature. This is a direct quote. She said she had to be 30 years old doing 30 year old 
things. She didn't need to be doing bong rips or having one night stands all the time, but it had to be authentic. And she just thinks that Disney got spooked at the end of the day. Duff announced that the reboot was no longer moving forward in December of 2020, a little over a year after the project had been announced. Now, in the new series, Duff was going to be playing a grown-up version of her character and star alongside much of the original cast, including Adam Lamberg, uh, Haley Todd, Robert Carradine, and Jake Thomas, who were all set to reprise their roles. But, you know, since then, Hilary Duff has gone on to star in How I Met Your Father, which is airing now. Very excited about that. But, you know, she was on Younger, and I just hate that I hate that Disney, you know, they could have given us a a 30-year-old Lizzie McGuire because it's the millennials that would have been watching it. These kids ain't interested in Lizzie McGuire. Because they didn't grow up. They were a lot of them weren't born when the show was on oh, air. I think the hope is to get those people and then get a whole new demo as well. Well, you, they could have done that because people love Hillary Duff like yeah, me. They they made a bad decision. That's the T report for this hour. You want to stick around next hour because I don't know what I'm going to give you. I already have a story picked out. But Shira wants this damn Johnny Depp Maybe story. Maybe I should read. bring it up in the West. So <laughs> I might do that. But stick around. <laughs> Okay, well, after this, what is differential demography and how it's an important part of the fertility conversation after this? Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So a lawyer for two Ohio counties said on Monday that CVS, Walgreens and Walmart should fund... Listen how big this is, an $878 million plan to address the opioid crisis there as a first-of-its-kind trial is currently underway to determine the pharmacy chain's contribution. We sometimes forget about the the opioid crisis and how big it is in America. I feel like it's been brought up at different points. Definitely yeah, but Trump I, also brought it up. Feel, I also feel like, is it their fault or is it the doctors who are writing the prescriptions' fault? I think there's a lot of people that are responsible here, including, hmm. I would say, uh, political leaders who also oh yeah they don't care into this <laughs> yeah and how we support mental health here yeah. in this country and healthcare overall. Well, there's a filmmaker that decided to dive into this topic right now and has a documentary out called Coming Clean. Just thought it was perfect with the uh, you know current trial that's underway in terms of timing to talk about this. Uh, please welcome filmmaker Andy Timoner here to the show. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Hi, Kira. Yes, it's nice to have you back. And I know this is your latest documentary that's out. Uh, can you believe this huge amount of money that um, this lawyer wants these companies to pay. Do you think this will finally be the moment that someone takes responsibility or have people been taking responsibility? Are we holding anyone accountable for this? Uh, I mean, I think that it's been an ongoing battle with thousands and thousands of counties and states involved um, because, you know, to read about it as a public nuisance is is really uh, an understatement. But I know that's that the law, the technicality that they're that they're going for, um, but I mean, it's it's more than that. It's it's you know over five hundred thousand lives lost in the last uh, two decades. It's a, it's like over one hundred and fifty thousand deaths last year during during the pandemic from opioid overdoses, and you know it's because of basically as in you'll see this in coming clean in the film, but we ride shotgun with the lead prosecutor Mike Moore who is the same guy who took down BP oil and and tobacco. He's actually the inside man, the real inside man and inside man. Um, And he's, he's sort of one of the, you know, top senior guys leading the lawsuits against not only, you know, the Sacklers, but also the distributors like CVS that Ohio is suing today. Um, And, 
you know, he will tell you that IMS, which is an organization that you probably haven't heard of, which is now called IQVIA, is tracking our prescription information. So everything that you, Shira, get prescribed, they know they know how much you're getting and where you're getting it. And even though you might think you have HIPAA laws protecting you, they know overall where they knew where the opioid drugs were being sent. That's and they terrifying. knew which doctors were writing the scripts. And they were incentivizing doctors to write more of them. And they were flooding certain counties with prescription pills that were addicting the people in those counties. And it was a huge and is an ongoing huge big business that, as you said, a lot of people are responsible for. It's just a lot of greed and a lot of short-term greed over, you know, over people's lives. And so, you know, a lot of people have lost their family members because they had an injury, a knee injury or their shoulder got hurt or, you know, they were abused Mm -hmm, and they needed help and they got a prescription or they went in for minor surgery and got addicted to opioids, you know? So Yeah, and we actually have uh, a clip from the trailer we're going to play from Coming Clean movie. Here it is. We have the equivalent of a 9-11 happening every three weeks. 72,000 people died last year. It's the number one cause of death for people under 50. I am addicted and I need help. There's a study that asks, how many close friends do you have who you could turn to in a crisis? The most common answer is none. Yeah, I know that this is sweeping the nation. I know that one of the uh, suburbs in Chicago, I'm from Chicago, um, is really, really affected with opioids right now. But I guess my confusion goes back to the initial intro of this segment. How is this a reflection on, you know, pharmacies like CVS, Walgreens and Walmart? I don't understand going after them, per se, because they're just following doctor's orders. It's not like they can say, yeah, you submitted this prescription, but no, we're not giving it to you. So how in the legal system does this even make sense? Uh, I mean, they're they're definitely part of the profiteering and they knew a lot of information and didn't do anything about it. Um, so they were part of the of the, you know, the flow of profit. And in some some of these towns are really small towns, you know, and you know what's going on if you're the local CVS and, um, you know, you're making that possible. And there's a system of checks and balances in most aspects of our society that are supposed to be. And that's one of the one of the stops is supposed to be there in terms of killing corruption. But they were making so much money. It was just so lucrative. It's sort of like the pill mills in Florida, you know. So, um, so they had the power to say no. Is is that what what you're implying? Like these small towns, a CVS, for example, in a small town, who who has been wrecked and ravaged by opioids, had the power to say no. I'm not giving you this prescription. Yeah, they see these drug addicts come in, right, and get their prescriptions, and and these kids, you know, with parents that are zombies, and they know that these 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 doctors are continuing to prescribe it and they do nothing about it, you know? Um, so so they should be paying. And, and, and frankly, you know, I, 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 the amount that we need for recovery Mm -hmm. at this point, we really need the federal government to get involved um, because treatment does work. And, And the whole point of coming clean, the reason I made that film is that there's just not a lot of, of looking at hope and solution for recovery. It's not a hopeless problem. These people are people that, are a drain currently on our on our system, right? Or they're dying or they're in hospitals and they're ODing again and again and everybody thinks, oh, they're a lost cause. Not at all, you know? 
I, I, in the movie, you'll see lots of recovered addicts who are actually leading the way and turning the heads of political leaders that are passing laws that are going to help people get into treatment. And what it takes is long-term treatment, not two days or three days in a mm-hmm. facility and out on the street again. That doesn't work, you know. But long-term, people can recover, and then they become yeah. great, you know, tax-paying citizens. And it's like, you know, we, we need to be doing more of that. So that money that Ohio, those counties in Ohio are suing for, I have to say, I, I'm on the side of the, of the lawyer. You know, I would love to see those companies pay and and treatment facilities get opened as a result yeah. and right. you know well yeah. andy thanks totally as always agree. for bringing humanity to these complex issues we really appreciate it there's a lot of beauty and a lot of grace in these people you know they're yeah. very transparent and they're there's a lot of heroes on the front lines of this all so, right take a look at the movie thanks so much for having me on yeah I'm thank you uh coming clean out. yeah coming clean is where you can find out more you can watch you, streaming yeah, you everywhere. Get it everywhere okay yeah amazing okay, thanks, thank guys. you thank you that was two-time sundance grand jury winner Andy Timoner, coming clean the movie out now. And coming up next, this mom left her husband of 14 years for her soulmate, why her story is now going viral, and the twist ending after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. There is a mom that's being mocked on social media after sharing her soulmate's story. In <sighs> fairness, this story, I'm not going to ruin your tease, but it is quite embarrassing what happens (laughs) she left her longtime husband for a man she thought was her soulmate only to be rejected by him and she describes all of this in a book this is like her eat pray love type of book i guess but it's like actually i feel like eat pray love was empowering and inspiring and this is kind of just sound wait the book or the film I read both. I read. I mean, I read and I watched. See, it. I didn't read the book, but I hated the film. I thought I was going to love it. It was on Netflix, <laughs> you know? and it started out with a bang, and then midway through, I was like, "What the hell am I watching?" Like, yeah, it's just, it's just cheesy escapism yeah, for me. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those. It's, it's, when I think I watched it when I was single during the pandemic, and I was like, late, yeah. like one night when I was alone on a weekend, <laughs> yeah, which was every weekend. Wait, you were single during the pandemic? Yes. Uh, for uh, for the first half of 2020, I didn't know that. Yeah, until okay, uh, until August. That's my anniversary. August so. what? August seventh. Okay, Why? just asking. Oh, okay. All right. So the book is called <laughs> "When a Soulmate Says No," but when when she talks about a soulmate, we later discover that this is a person she had some sort of, or she thought a connection with at a dinner party. It was like, you know, one of those people, and this happens, you meet someone, you like, you stare at them and you're like, oh, there, you get that look back. You feel that like instant, maybe chemistry, physical Ooh, connection. My, one of my favorite feelings exactly. in the world. But it's I, an adrenaline rush. But she describes it as she felt this way. She whispered in this person's ear, even though, by the way, she's married, uh, that, oh, time. I'm going to see, I'm going to see you again. Doesn't hear back from this person. I don't think ever saw him again, but ended it with her husband of 14 years. Wow. And then the guy never, ever came back in her life, this soulmate. And then she used it to now write this book. I mean, if you're going to get something out of it, get something out of it. But the title of the book, I think, is very catchy, but also comical. Because in my mind, a soulmate wouldn't say no. It sounds like she just had a crush or a major attraction. Oh, yeah. That wasn't reciprocated. You know? Uh, yeah. And then she's also now a life coach. 
So uh, <laughs> would you want to be coached in life by this person? No. It shows that she has <laughs> impulsive, poor decision-making skills. Absolutely not. Keep it, lady. So it's like, I appreciate your vulnerability in sharing your story. But let's be clear. You are you are horny and we're attracted to someone. And, and bored you, in your marriage. <laughs> exactly. Let's be real about it. <laughs> but I'm happy now you have a book out of it and a New York Post article. Mm. Okay. When a soulmate says no is the book title. Go check it out yourself if you're intrigued. But coming up next, New York announced their marshals for Pride. We're letting you in on who's part of the list next on our What's Trending This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Yes, it is Shira. Shar is filling in for Ryan today. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. We've been having a blast listening to some great music. More coming up here on Channel Q. I just want to say that I'm here physically, but my yes was so elongated and, <laughs> and melodic because my mind is going through my checklist uh-huh. of packing. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> I have to be out of the door tomorrow by noon, and I don't like oh, chaos. Noon. I don't like chaos. You know, I'll be up at 630, but I don't like chaos. I like Easy breezy traveling. I totally. will, my flight doesn't take off till three. Uh-huh. I will be there at one. Good for you. I well, wanna, that makes sense. I, I mean, got my books. I'm going to be in the terminal, maybe snacking on a cheese. I don't like running through the airport to try to catch a flight. Uh, that is that not my ministry. No, ma'am. You know, I like a little That's you like chaos. domestic hour and a half. Like I'll typically do like probably more an hour and a half before a domestic flight. But I am I starting do to do two. earlier and earlier. Because you don't know what that TSA line's going to look days. like. And, you know. Yeah. Mm-mm. Unless you got first class. You just get, <laughs> you get, you know, comfortable. Exactly. Bring you, your books. Do you have a drink? Are you a drinker before flight? No. I don't need that. I'm, I'm not a nervous flyer. I I'm don't not a nervous flyer. It's just like, I like the idea of going to the bar before the flight. having a little Bloody Mary. No, I'm the nerd that's in the corner flipping through a book or a magazine or listening to a, downloading podcast. Just in oh, case yeah. I get bored on the, the flight, I can listen to a podcast. I don't remember the last time I bought a magazine at the airport. Oh, I do it all the time. I That's used part to of the do fun. that. No, I used to do get that. Get a little candy. Go at, get an Essence magazine. Totally. I used to do that. I Harper's don't do that Bizarre. anymore. And like, and a lot of times, either I'll use it to watch movies because I never watch movies. So it's like my only time I catch up on movies. Uh huh. Or I guess I think a book. Fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be reading. I'm going to be, you know, flipping through Viola Davis's memoir. I'm determined okay. to finish that. I yeah oh yeah I think I was about to do the same, talk about the same thing we talked about the other day like I'm about I'm reading Jay Shetty's book and I'm like wow we yeah. already just talked about this that was yesterday it. not that the other yesterday. day that was literally yesterday oh my god <laughs> I am losing it I actually got Tabitha Brown's book oh really I want yeah she signed it nice have you been to her restaurant I haven't I need to it's go it's in Studio City yes Kale my name I need to go so I'll be reading that next anyway. Lots coming up still. In 30 minutes, Musk, Twitter, Trump, need I say more? The latest in 30 minutes. Plus, we've got uh, some Johnny Depp news. It's about him and his lawyer. Camille, it's getting weird. Camille Vasquez. Yeah. Let's get into some what's trending this hour, though, right now. Uh, yearbooks at a Central Florida high school won't be distributed until images of students holding rainbow flags and a love is love sign while protesting the state's so-called don't say gay law can be covered up. Because, you know, it's wrong to see love is love signs and pride flags. We all know what they think about those over there. District officials said they don't want anyone thinking that the school supported the students' walkout. They also said, yeah, in a statement on Monday that pictures and uh, descriptions documenting a student walkout in March in response to the law should have been caught earlier in the review process. Okay. 
Talk about censorship. I mean, there's also a social media editor. So, like, I don't understand. They did obviously review. I used to work on yearbook in high school. Me too. I was the editor of my yearbook. No, see, I wasn't the editor. I wasn't that ambitious yet. I was more so broadcast still. Yeah. But, you know, everything gets reviewed before that, before it gets submitted to be binded together for the yearbook. Yep. Well, they probably I, slid I it in yearbooks. because they knew they their. We should do employee bad. yearbooks. Odyssey, where's my cute. yearbook? Let's just waste some paper. Uh, no, when you put it that way, <laughs> Miss NFT. Yeah, let's uh, let's do a digital yearbook. President Biden announced Monday that 20 internet companies have agreed to provide discounted service to people with low incomes, a program that would effectively make tens of millions of households eligible for free service through an already existing federal subsidy. The uh, Congress added or representatives from the Biden administration added uh, high speed Internet is not a luxury any longer. It's a necessity. It really is. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy they're doing this. It's part of last year's one trillion dollar infrastructure package. And it's included this funding in the Affordable Connectivity Program, which provides $30 monthly subsidies, 75 in tribal areas on Internet service for millions of lower. So this is going to be like income based. Uh, yeah, if you're you consider a lower income household, it needs to be across the board. Not to sound selfish, but you know, spectrum. Yeah, I'm looking at you. You do a lot. You charge a lot for the internet. I don't have a cable package. I'm paying eighty bucks a month. Yeah, it's expensive for internet. But then you have folks like Google or even Elon Musk. They're trying internet that are like they would put the satellite over a certain area, and you could just get the whole area gets internet. Mm. Like, I mean, there are Google pays for, I think, Internet in Austin. There's certain places that it's being paid for. It's an experiment to see if they can but do it. But it also seems like surveillance in that in that way as that. well. I, don't, I mean, I listen, know. Internet at a certain point is just a basic need. It's going to be like water. Well, it is now. However, it is now people, right now. People can't even get that. Shout out to Flint, Michigan. Does Flint have clean water? Or are we still, you know, turning our eye to that? Probably. There's a lot. We just go to the next thing because there's always another thing. Let's have we have some good news now. Are you ready? New York City Pride. They unveiled their grand marshals for this year's New York City Pride March, one of the largest annual pride parades in the world. It's going to take place Sunday, June 26th in Manhattan and feature five grand marshals. Social media star T.S. Madison. Congratulations, Shira. <laughs> I said that right. Trans uh, former NCAA swimmer Skylar Baylor. ACLU attorney Chase Strangio, SNL cast member Punky Johnson, and Okra Project executive director Dominique Morgan. So a lot of fun stuff to look forward to in New York for Pride, June 26th. That was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? Okay. Hear ye, hear ye. If you have been plugged into the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial, you might want to pull up to the speaker because I got something to tell you. Yeah. Sorry to disappoint all of you on social media uh, over on TikTok and on Twitter who were speculating that Johnny Depp might be in a romantic situation with one of his attorneys, Camille Vasquez, because it's just not true. It is not true. Now, sources connected to Camille have uh, told TMZ uh, that social media is is going off the rails with this. And so they are definitely not dating, despite what some of y'all might think. Now, I've seen the TikTok. They do seem pretty friendly with each other, friendlier than normal, you know, client-attorney relationships. But I think people are looking a little bit too deep into this. Uh, I don't know. Have you seen the video? I'm looking at it now. It says, they look Johnny very comfortable. leaving the court. Camille noticed he's about to leave, so follows him to say goodbye. They look very comfortable. The lady got on the uh, in, got in the way, 
And then uh, they, she says goodbye. She puts her hand on his hand. Well, listen, here's the bottom line. According to TMZ, they've been told that Camille does not think that Johnny treats her any differently than any of the other lawyers. And they're all just trying to stay strong as this trial heats up. Oh, no. So she's talking and he's kind of like sitting back watching her. I mean, there it is. Lawyers are hot. It's hot when you have a lawyer, but the whole thing would be so just inappropriate. It just shows where we're at, our heads are at with this, once again, case about two people who had an abusive relationship. Let's not forget... What but we're talking people, about here. What we can what we also cannot ignore is that Johnny is a man, he's a movie and star. She's a woman. And so, but I'm saying he's also a movie star, and people are willing, as we've seen within the Me Too movement, people are willing to provide grace and and, and ignore certain things. And like I mentioned yesterday, there is a TikTok trend of the, the audio of Amber Heard's testimony about sexual assault and people romanticizing it. There is a TikTok trend of this. Oh, so it's it's one of those and then things also that's just walks, all around gross. He walks by her and and touches her elbow. The elbow touch is a bit of a sign. Okay, okay. well they're we not together. To, so to calm down. Yeah. Calm down everyone. They're not together. Yeah. Okay. Pay attention Thank to the you. to the facts of this trial and stop trying to speculate yeah. and make courtroom fodder. Don't get distracted. And that's the T-Report for this hour. Well, next up, uh, we're getting into the latest uh, bill that we'll be proposing Congress around Roe v. Wade and also the protests happening across the nation around this. More with The Washington Post next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. All right. It's time for the Yes Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. Oh, gosh. Where's the button? (laughs) Where's Ryan? Well, this goes out to Target. Now, annually, every June, Target does do a Pride Collection. Mm -hmm. But this year, they have collaborated with Tomboy X. And we actually interviewed the founder and the CEO of Tomboy X on this very show last year. Now, what's exciting is that uh, some stores and online, they will be offering briefs, boxers, boy shorts, bras, and compression tops. The prices range from $12 to $25 per piece. And they got like rainbow briefs and things. But what makes this this collection different and unique is Mm -hmm. this year they will be featuring binders, which is for the chest, chest binders and packing briefs from Tomboy X. So for, you know, trans masculine people or masculine leaning people on the spectrum, this will be fun. It's inclusive, and now instead of ordering online, you can literally go down to the Target and see what works for you. So it's exciting. And what I love about this is for people who might not know what those things are, it normalizes it, right? Yeah. Because I I feel like unless you're around people in the community or friends that wear this, you might not know what that all of that. Well, I mean, I don't know if they got pictures demonstrating what it is. You know, everybody shops at the at, at Target, so maybe somebody will pick up some. <laughs> exactly. But the fact is, it like opens up a conversation. Like, oh, what is that? Like, oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, and then I understand what this is and why people. use I'm it. I'm glad that it's it's become accessible. Exactly, and and especially for those people who might not want to order anything and have it sent to their house. People are in different oh, living that's situations. True. Oh my God, you're, you're you can right. just go down to Target that and you can so buy what true. you need discreetly. And then, you know, do what you need to do. Yeah, because, you know, if if they're not living somewhere safe, too. Yeah, and then true. packages get delivered, then you're at work, and yep. someone is being in, invasive and open. and Like, there's all different types of scenarios that could pop up. But the Yas Queen goes to Target and Tomboy X. 
We got a yes queen. Yes queen. And also, uh, good on Target because a lot of companies do cheesy stuff or like not good stuff during Pride. Well, I mean, I still got to see where the proceeds are going, Target. You know, like for me, that's what these things are. You know, just even with Black History Month, Women's History Month, Pride Month, it's all contingent on where the proceeds are going. Because I hate when people just... You know, throw a kente cloth up for Black History Month, throw some pink on for Women's History Month or whatever. And, you know, Pride Month, everyone pulls out rainbow flags and then they go right back to their regularly scheduled programming with discriminating against and oppressing black people, women and LGBT people. To say the least. To say the least. Well, did you know that May is also AA? AAPI yes, Heritage Month? it is. Yeah, okay. We're going to be getting more into that. We covered it last week, but we definitely will I felt be the need to shout that out because we keep more. talking about mental health. So yeah. shout out to the AAPI community. Uh, more to come on that. Oh, yes. The rest of the week. But Char, thank you so much for being here, filling in for Ryan the past two days. Thanks for having me. I'll be back next week. Filling in for me. <laughs> filling in for Shira. You know, I'll be back we, Thursday we and Friday. We all need a good, good filling. Uh, <laughs> I'll be back Thursday and Friday. Stick it. around. At Char Says So is where you can find her on social media and all her content when she's not here on Channel Q. And that also does it for our show today. But we are back tomorrow, same time here, weekdays, live on Channel Q, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. If you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There. We are sending you love and light. And I love us for real. Stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris right after this. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest.